Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you, too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode 27 of ADHD for Smartass Women. And in this episode, I am going to introduce you to Danielle Ford. She is one of our own. I met her in our Facebook group, ADHD for Smartass Women. Danielle has the most interesting, albeit classic ADHD background. So she dropped out of high school at 17. She was a junior and became a hairstylist. She self-diagnosed herself with ADHD in her early 20s, but chose not to seek a formal diagnosis because she believed the stigma. She then spent a decade in various entrepreneurial ventures, working 10 times harder than everyone else, and in her words, never getting the basic stuff right. She read every self-help book, tried every system, worked with coaches, but she never thought that the strategies may have been what was wrong and not her. She then had a close call, decided to get treatment, got on medication, and suddenly she could easily organize her thoughts, emotions, tasks, everything. Shortly thereafter, in Danielle's words, she went into full ADHD superpower mode and she submitted her name for school board trustee for the fifth largest school district in the U.S., which is in Las Vegas, by the way. She beat out a field of nine candidates, including some seasoned politicians, and she won the election. She was sworn in this past January, and now she controls a $5 billion yearly budget and makes policy decisions for a school district that serves 48 schools in the Clark County School District and 322,000 students. I should also mention that Danielle is also a single mom of two kids, and she's a digital marketing strategist who helps other entrepreneurs grow their online businesses. So I wanted to welcome you, Danielle. This is amazing. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so honored to be on here. I love the podcast so much. Thank you. Now, did I get it all right or did I screw up? Uh, you did really good. Uh, the only two things that are a little um, wrong was the, <laughs> I, I didn't go. I didn't become a hairstylist. I became an esthetician, so it was skincare wow. instead of hair. But I went to beauty school, and then I also the budget is only two point five billion, not five oh. billion. Yeah, um, only two point five. <laughs> only two point five billion. <laughs> I think I may have gotten that from the article that was written about you, but whatever. You know, it's the media. So the first question I have for you is. Did you always know that you had this in you, like from the time you were young? I absolutely did. Um, I am also a TED speaker. Mm-hmm. I, my, 
I took a, like a detour, you know, when I was learning digital marketing and I was a, a teen mom and I started an organization for young moms as well. And then I have a TED talk on the uh, topic of reinventing teen motherhood. And so in that TED talk, I speak about that even though I was, you know, a, a teen mom, a high school dropout, uh, sleeping on the floor for several months after I left my husband, uh, I still felt like I was meant to do big things. And it didn't make any sense logically. It was just that knowing. And then I, I think like in hindsight now as an adult, just knowing that I was always different from everybody, always knowing that I could figure things out. Maybe I didn't always get the result I wanted, or maybe I hadn't connected all the dots, but I also knew that like I had the power in me to do anything I wanted to. And also knowing, like seeing myself as really different from other women and, you know, people in general, as far as my interests. And I've always just been really interested in how things operate and the world and how things are connected. And so it was really one of those things since I was young, just kind of knowing I was different. And I feel like we, we all kind of know that. And it just depends on, on our course and what we're going to do with it or what we're going to listen to from other people as to if we're actually able to make those big changes or not. You know, one of the things that you said that I just love is this, well, two things that are so ADHD, this idea that you never felt like you really fit in. You were always different Mm -hmm. and you knew that you had that difference, but I think we spend so much time trying to fit in rather than standing out. And it almost sounds like the minute you decided that I have this in me, I know I can do it and I am willing to, because visibility is scary, right? Mm -hmm. That you're willing to stand out. That is, I think, when big things happen. And you are the perfect example of that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, I feel like I I had kind of a crazy childhood. And then, again, hindsight is always twenty twenty. And, you know, one of the things that I had to really deal with mentally when I got my diagnosis was just a lot of anger and resentment because I felt like all the adults in my life failed me. And, again, though, because I had such a chaotic and crazy childhood, I just had to figure things out. It wasn't an option. So it wasn't like, oh, I just had my one childhood home and I struggled to do my chores. You know, Mm -hmm. I was struggling to get to school. I had to work at 14. I had to figure out how to get the job. I had to figure out how to save money, how to get the car, to put gas in the car, to, you know, get to school, get a better job, then got married and it was always like just very chaotic and just having to uh, learn fast. And I'm really actually grateful for that because if I didn't have those experiences, I probably wouldn't be as resilient and I probably wouldn't be as apt to put myself out there, like have visibility, get on stage. And I'm, I'm always thinking like, even if this is, I get on stage and I bomb it. If I, you know, make myself look like a total idiot, I've been through worse things. So it's not a big deal. Yeah. So, so you know that you are resilient and you know that you will bounce back and you, you've just adopted a really positive, well, you, I don't even think you believe in failure, right? Right. No, mm-mm, not at all. Unless you, you either, yeah, you either like quit because it doesn't work for you and you figured something else out that's better or you learn. Exa- oh, I love that. I say that all the time, I'm, but mine's a little bit different. I'm trying to think, what do I say? You either succeed or you learn, which is exactly yeah, yeah. what you just said, right? <laughs> Also, you know, quitting, like I believe in quitting, um, especially yeah. when you're ADHD. I tr- I've, I've quit more things than I've stayed with, you know, uh-huh. and it's not a failure. Even if I had a goal and I never hit that goal, if I changed course and I don't do it anymore, that's still a win. 
And don't you think, though, that um, when you say quitting, you well, you learn something, right? And you learn that, you know what, maybe, <laughs> maybe I yeah. should quit. Maybe this isn't the best direction. Absolutely. And people will, I mean, the society uh, frames it as a failure. For instance, when I was 22, I opened my own skincare business. Again, that was really out of necessity because I was doing well with uh, having clientele. But my ex-husband who went to the military, who became a whole other different person and disappeared pretty much. I've had full custody of my kids their whole lives. I, I couldn't have a clientele and like work nine to five. And so I had to, again, get creative and figure out what to do. So I opened my skincare business, put everything into that. All my effort uh, was wanted a franchise, had big dreams with that. And then I kind of realized the same thing, that it was going to be too hard with my small kids and that I wanted to be more present in their lives. So I decided kind of impulsively, like I was unhappy for a long time, but then kind of over a weekend was just like, I'm shutting the whole thing down. And everybody saw it as a failure, even though it was, it was working, it was paying my bills. It just never got to that end goal, but I don't see it as a failure. Like I, all the stuff I learned from that business, I applied to my next one. Yeah, no, I I think that's fantastic. So I really believe that the best purposes give meaning to your past. And I understand that when you were running for the board, critics cited your leaving school before graduation as a reason why you should not be serving on the board. <laughs> and you had a completely different response. It was like, no, that is exactly why I should, because I know what's lacking, right? I know what right. I struggled with. So can you talk a bit about that? Sure. I was born and raised here in Las Vegas. And I went through, I went to eight different CCSD schools and I was, you know, had too much pride as a kid to really let anyone know what was going on or why maybe I was entering school in the middle of the year. And on top of that, having ADHD and not knowing it. So of course, always being late, forgetting my schedule, mm-hmm. you know, maybe having already done a bunch of classwork and then not being interested in it because uh, I did it at a different school and then like refusing to do homework and working on other stuff. So I, you know, I, I grew up and I really saw the way that the school district failed me. And then when I became a mom and both my kids entered CCSD in elementary school, I saw similar things with them. And I just saw that it hadn't gotten any better. And I, I joined the PTO and I had so many questions about spending. For instance, I was super excited to help support the school by starting a snack shack. So I cleaned out this area in the in the play area and built a snack shack and wanted to you know, all these ideas, we can partner with different vendors and moms and dads that have home kitchens. And maybe we can save money by buying a bulk from Whole Foods or a farmer's market. And then I learned that we can't do that because we have to follow nutritional guidelines. And I'm doing air quotes right now, Uh (laughs) nutritional guidelines. And because we have contracts with certain companies, um, an apple is too much sugar, but you know, the Cheetos that's in this package that Uh has this much Cheetos falls under the nutritional standards. So, you know, just had like a lot of questions and then knowing that I was the kind of person who could just learn fast and figure things out, I didn't feel like I needed to get a ton of experience or the prerequisites that other people would think required that kind of position. And so it really was just like a leap of faith on myself and a mm-hmm. true, honestly, just like knowing intuitively that I could do a good job and that I could get elected. Um, and I was prepared for the backlash. I know how people perceive, you know, how people are judgy. But at the end of the day, I didn't fail high school. I uh, pursued option B 
and left my junior year and got my GED the next week. So I actually graduated. Mm-hmm. I had a, a, a trade the same month that my friends had their high school diploma. But, you know, there's and that's another thing I want to help with the the education system is to tell kids, you know, that 20 to 30 percent of them will go to college, but the rest of them will not. And that's okay too, as long as you have something that you're uniquely gifted at that can support you, that you're going to be happy with. We need to figure out what that is before you leave school so you're not floundering around and uh, making some mistakes that a lot of us did. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that just given how quickly you know, the internet moves and information moves on the internet and how you can pretty much learn anything on the internet today. My son absolutely is convinced that probably one more generation after him and college will not be the bright, shiny, you know, Mm -hmm. star that that it has been, you know, made out to be for, I don't know, 150 years. I big time agree with your son. Yeah. And I think it's because they also, depending on what you're interested in, how do you keep up? You know, things change so quickly and information flows so quickly. And by the time the professors are in there teaching the information, it's obsolete and we're on to the next thing. So Right. And it used to be that like uh, books were a novelty and you had to have a certain social status even to be able to access them. They only printed mm-hmm. so many copies. And so if somebody wanted information, it would be like... You'd have to physically go to the place, get information, put it in your mind. And then only if other people were worthy, would you share it with them or if they paid you. And now that all that information is available to anybody, the 12-year-old with an iPhone or the person, it doesn't anybody. And so it's really leveled the playing field. And now it doesn't, to me, make sense to pay out enormous, uh, outrageous amount of money to physically attend a college when you can really learn it in so many other ways. And so I do think that there's a big change happening with our higher education system. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head, just the cost, like who can mm-hmm. afford this anymore? It really, it's, it's, uh, anyway, don't, don't even get <laughs> oh, started. Yeah. Another I, topic. Another yeah. Topic. I'm struggling with my son who frankly is 17 years old, <laughs> right around the age mm-hmm. when you said, you know what, I'm going to go do different things. And he is so bright, but it doesn't matter what school, you know, all these schools say that they're going to teach differently. They're going to teach to interest, but the reality mm-hmm. of it is mm-hmm. once again, you're thrust into, into this authoritarian model where this is the way it's going to be. And as we know, with ADHD-brained people, we do not like to be told what to do. We have to know why we're supposed mm-hmm. to do. You know, it's not that we're against rules. In fact, I think you said that somewhere, that it's not that you're, you know, not against rules and policy, but they need mm-hmm. to make sense to you. I love well, rules and policies and procedures. Yeah, yeah sure. big time. But, like, please explain it to me and let's make sure it's not a waste of all of our time. Right, exactly. So I know that you you hit on briefly that, you know, you had a a bit of a difficult childhood. And so you had to work, you had to help support the family and you were in eight different district schools. Why was that? I came from a divorced family. My parents actually divorced when I was like two weeks old. So uh, it was always back and forth when I was younger. And then on both sides of my family was at different points in time, um, a lot of substance abuse and, Mm. So then, you know, both of my parents got remarried and had children. So I have a lot of siblings and then a lot of nieces and nephews now. But I became that child who was like in the middle and didn't really belong in either family, really. And it would be like I'd be with my mom and then 
uh, she would have a relapse and be in rehab for a little while. Then I go to my dad where wasn't really comfortable. Then I'd go to that school over there. And then there were, my stepmom had pills addiction. And then I'd go back to my mom's because she came out. And by that time she'd moved or she was staying with a friend, you know, and it, I usually hopped around a lot, but my safe space became, um, my, was always actually always, always my grandparents, my mom's mother, who at any point in time I could like, I remember being like 13 and going to like seven 11 because no one was home and trying to be like, do you know where my, my grandma lives over on these cross streets? Do you know like where, what direction that is? And like, trying to find it. Oh. Um, but I ended up living with her when I was like 14 through uh, when I got married. And so gr- I'm really grateful that I had her because she just took a huge interest in me, but a lot of times legally she couldn't do anything, you know, so right. I kind of get shuffled around. And so, but I actually, again, hindsight, um, now with my position on the board and there are, uh, we have 376 schools now and a lot of people will say, Oh, I know you don't understand this area cause it's not your district. And I'm like, bro, I know this whole city. Okay. <laughs> like, I've gone to all the schools. <laughs> Personally, intimately involved. Exactly. Like, well, I know the, the struggles. Yeah. One of the things that they say about um, successful people with ADHD is that they need to have had at least one adult who really believed in them. Mm -hmm. And it sounds to me like for you, that was your grandmother. Yeah. Big time. And my grandfather too. Um, He was- Grandparents. He pretty much like was controlled by my grandma, but uh, (laughs) he he was amazing as well. But she was definitely the one that was like, we're going to take care of Danielle, you know? Right. So now um, when you look back and you know that, okay, you were diagnosed with ADHD, you know what it is. Do you see a lot of ADHD in your family? I don't. And you know, um, I know there's a lot of theories about what causes ADHD and I've heard you Mm -hmm. speak about some of them and uh, a lot of them seem really true. The one that I honestly believe myself is that um, because there's been other studies where they tested on, on mice with giving them cigarette smoke and the control group that uh-huh. didn't get anything. No, definitely. Like, yeah. Definitely. So I, I honestly think that it started with me because my mother, again, like a lot of abuse wow. and stuff, she definitely smoked when I was, when I was uh-huh. in the room. And my son has ADHD too. And so um, that's actually not another reason why I decided to go public with it when I did because yes. uh, I waited, I wanted to wait till he was a teenager to make, give him the choice as to what treatment options he wanted and to get diagnosed. Yeah. And just like you say, you know, don't necessarily do medication first. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to like learn how to use his brain, but then I felt like a hypocrite if I didn't either tell him or come go public with it um, and be an advocate for it. So, so, you know, that's kind of like why, I, I think that it is definitely hereditary, but mm-hmm. I think that it started with me and my family. So I don't have any other family members that I can pinpoint, even though I have a lot of siblings and cousins and aunts and uncles, uh-huh. and, you know, parents, I, I can't pinpoint specifically anyone else that might relate to it. Well, there, I mean, there definitely are, you know, environmental reasons for ADHD as well. So mm-hmm. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Okay, so I want you. Oh, wait. Before before I ask this next question, I want to know what were your ADHD symptoms like as a child, and then also today. Um, they're pretty much the same as a child. Mm-hmm. There's like some specific things I look back on. I'm like, how did you people not know I, something <laughs> different with me? <laughs> um, always late. I mean, always, always, and never yeah. rebellious late. Never like I don't care. 
Mm-hmm. It's always either I totally f- spaced out doing something and thought that it was two minutes, but it was 12 minutes or got lost on the way somewhere or <laughs> got super interested in something else before and totally forgot I was even supposed to be leaving the house or, you yeah. know, um, and like you have, I read it or I listened in your podcast and you were the first person that I heard say this, that, um, drivenness can be a form of hyperactivity and I've always mm-hmm. been driven, but always like hopping around and <laughs> like, I'm not uh-huh. driven to that anymore. <laughs> no, I'm driven <laughs> with this. And I, I'm getting a lot, like my, my dad, my father, um, is a very kind of overbearing, strong, Hispanic, male, Republican, conservative figure. He was a uh, uh, fire chief of Las Vegas and uh, punctual, you know, and so it would, he'd always be like, why are you so careless? You know, and then it would, of course, make me feel bad. Then teachers would say the same thing. And, uh, you know, my siblings too. And I was always the one that was like, oh, Danielle's just doing her, her weird thing. But, you know, when I was, I remember when I was, must have been third grade. I was uh, really excited when school got out because I went to the library and they had this thing that said, read as many books as you can this summer and come at this date. And depending on where you fall on the chart, we'll give you uh, your your medal, you know, so maybe it's mm-hmm. a silver. They didn't even specify like how many books. So of course <laughs> I was like, how many books can I check out right now? And it was like 24 or something. I took all the books home. I mean, I did nothing else but read these books, went back to the library like many times. And by the end of summer, I walked in with my lists, you know, and uh, all the titles and what the books were about. And I'm like, hello, I'm here to get my prize. And the librarian was like, how many, oh, how many did you read? And I'm like, 74. Oh, <laughs> you know, it was a challenge. <laughs> totally. And, she, and there was no limit. There was no like, you can win by hitting this amount. And so I just kept going. And then, and she was like, oh, you know, you only had to read 20. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, and then she goes, but, but, you know, so you didn't really read 74. How did you read 10, 20? I'm like, I read 74. And then she kept on like, she didn't believe me. And so I go, okay, 20. Like, I read 20. Where's my prize? <laughs> so did you get the prize? I got the prize, but then I left feeling like, I feel like she thinks I'm a liar or something. Like, I, it's like sorry that I overdid it, you know, but right. that's really what I do with everything. I'm, I'm super extra. So I'm um, and focus, baby. Yes, and now I love it. But I definitely wasted time when I not not wasted, you know, but probably things that weren't going towards my goals when I didn't fully understand it. And now the benefit of really understanding the condition and myself is that sometimes I choose to waste time. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> We're just going to go here. I know it doesn't yeah. make any sense, but I also know how to like like push myself in the correct direction towards my goals. And uh, I've had a lot more success since, you know, doing the three things, which is uh, medicating and cognitive therapy and environmental changes. And so Mm -hmm. a mixture of those three, I've been able to really control it better. Wow. Um, Okay. So there was something else that I wanted to follow up on, but now in true ADHD fashion, (laughs) I forgot. Okay. So are, so are you diagnosed as um, inattentive or are you, do you have both? I'm both. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And you can really relate to the hyperactive, excuse me, the drivenness. That has always been your MO from the time, well, it sounds like it with these books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much everything. It's like, do, oh, Pokemon Go came out. Should we just play Pokemon Go or should we play Pokemon Go, get matching outfits, start a YouTube <laughs> channel, be Pokemon <laughs> characters for Halloween, <laughs> you know, um, like, but, but pretty much everything. And then make like all that. the costumes yourself for Halloween. Then, yeah. <laughs> get a, exactly. Get a sewing machine, get the right fabrics. Like, oh, I love animals. Should I just have a dog or should I get six rescue animals? <laughs> six, you know, obviously. But it's really like that with everything. And I, I'm okay with it, quite frankly. I would rather be extra and regret doing too much <laughs> than to regret not doing enough. But, you know, now it's, it's actually, it's showing up big time um, in the school board, in my position as a school board trustee, because and I act, I'm actually feeling like just the same way I did as a student. And I have learned that the school district mm. and nobody understands ADHD. I don't think a single government entity, corporation, education system, I mean, maybe some teachers and some parents understand it as some bright spots there. But as a method, as a system, do not understand the cause or what's really happening with ADHD. It's like, a kid has the flu and they're just trying to wipe their nose. You know, um, that's how I feel like they're trying to treat these kids who are inattentive and hyperactive and all the things that annoy parents and teachers and ourselves, but they're not seeing the root cause of it being the executive functioning disorder. And um, so since being on the board, one of the ways that I show up uh, hyperactive is like moving my hands a lot. And I either have people telling me, because all, all of our board meetings are like live streamed on TV. And so then I'll see what people say later on. And um, I have to kind of ignore it. But it's like, she's on drugs, because I'm moving my hands everywhere. Or she's a spaz. Or I'll even have people or you're just me. very outspoken, right? Or you that. would be exactly what everybody's thinking. <laughs> or like, yeah, I just have a ton of energy that needs to come out somewhere, or I'm going to be swinging around in my chair. But I, I it's like, these things that they're saying to me is, it's almost a representation of the school district in general, because they're yes. not understanding that that's the same thing as the kid, you know, and right. we have 322,000 students in this district. It is humongous. It's, in, it's insane the way that it operates and it's just crazy. But, you know, knowing that like eight to 11% of kids have ADHD, mm -hmm. we should have a general idea of about 26,000 to 32,000 students that have ADHD. So I was wondering, what are we doing to help these students? How many do we actually know have ADHD? And I had a meeting with like all the top people uh, in the social services and found out that we know we have 516 kids in this district that we know of with ADHD. And so wow. I'm like, gee, do you think that would affect our classroom, <laughs> the teachers, yes. our dropout rates? the learning environment in general for those students and other students, grades, school star ratings. Like, do you think that finding the 26 to 30,000 kids who are oh. not learning efficiently would make a dent in that? I do believe so. So that's really what I feel like I'm, I'm pushing forward now. And man, government was not made for people with ADHD. In fact, <laughs> no. I, have, I have made a, uh, decision to not put anything related to ADHD on the agenda, on the agenda formally, because a trustee, I can request an agenda item and mm -hmm. then it will come back at a certain time to be further discussed with the entire board, which is seven people. But if it becomes an agenda item, then 
uh, we can't talk about it. And so I'm like, you know what? For me to put ADHD on the agenda is like signing its death sentence in government and bureaucracy uh-huh. and red tape. So I can, I feel like I can do more by just being an advocate and just showing how I how I can ask the school district to support me as a trustee and let that get trickled down and let teachers and students learn from you know, me or even just going in and, and advocating as a trustee for those students in those programs rather than tying, binding my hands, not being able to do anything about it and hoping that we are able to at some point create a policy around it. So Danielle, you're very open about the fact that you have ADHD. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's amazing. And I want to know of those 516 kids, why is that number so low? Is it kids who aren't diagnosed? Is it kids who are diagnosed, but their parents are like those IEPs and 504s, those are stupid. I mean, what, I don't what know. is the reason? You, you don't, don't know? know? I wasn't open about my ADHD at first. In fact, um, I, in my twenties, like I, I diagnosed myself based on the common things that we know ADHD, ADD to be mm-hmm. like, like distracted, distractibility, focus, unorganized, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I was, I've always said like, oh, I'm self-diagnosed ADHD, but I'm handling it, you know, but I really didn't not understand what it was until I got diagnosed. I mean, even if somebody I think understands in theory, they're not going to understand until they've been able to treat it effectively, whether that's medication or not. If they feel like I have treated my ADHD, then they have something to compare it to when it's not treated, you know? Absolutely. And so they see someone who's successful with ADHD and it's not, you know, in spite of it, it's because of it. That's what I love about what you've said. Correct. And then it's, it's really tough. I mean, I still struggle with some like internal, you know, kind of like not liking myself sometimes because there's been times where I go, I'm going to take like a medication break and I do. And then that's when three things get messed up big time, you know, and I'm like, God, yeah. like, I knew that. Um, then I start beating myself up a little bit. But and to me, sometimes it's like, it's like not worth the trouble that it's going to cause me, um, even the mental energy to try to spend a day like it's not fun. <laughs> like you want to take a vacation from like, mm-hmm. you know, being organized or whatever, but then it becomes really not fun. And I feel like it's just I feel safer on it. You know, even at night when my medication like wears off, I just, uh it's like, I know to like, not do anything with fire, <laughs> you know, or anything like that. <laughs> no cooking. Um, yeah, no cooking. Like, like, it's like the manager's gone. She's left for the day. Here's your <laughs> list of activities you can enjoy. <laughs> um, and we'll see you again tomorrow for actual work. But, but I, so I, I feel like I still have those feelings, you know, and I am confident with my ADHD and I'm logical about it. But if I still have those feelings, even now, imagine how parents feel when they think, when they don't understand it and they think that their kid, something to get wrong with them, or they don't want their kid to feel like something's wrong with them, or they don't want other people to think something's wrong with their kid. Uh, maybe they know that they're not going to get the support that they need to yeah. in school. So I, I don't really have the answer to that. I would like to know the answer to that. But in a perfect world, I would love to pinpoint every single one of those students that has at least is showing symptoms. And I don't care. I'm not saying let's medicate them or even label them or anything like that. Just pinpoint the, pro- the possibilities and start to f- teach them how to use their brain effectively. Yeah. And I mean, for me personally, just what I have seen, I think the most important thing is number one, I think we think that these kids are so creative and they're so out of the box and, you know, intrigued by so much. And so that means less structure. We need to just let Mm -hmm. them go. But what 
I have learned with my son is yep. it is about structure, structure, yep. structure. He craves it. He's yep. at a school right now. He was like begging them for structure. He wants to know how he's doing every day. He wants a, you know, some sort of online portal where he can check what homework is due. He can't function without structure. Correct. So, and that's kind of something I learned accidentally. And that's what I do is systems and processes and, and automations and batching because mm-hmm. I've had to figure out workarounds to make myself be able to do it. Like when people tell me something like every day, um, like a coach or something, a business coach. So every day at 8 a.m., just open your computer, do this, do this, check your email, um, make a little video. I'm like, there's no way I'm doing that every single day. How can I hack <laughs> this to be automated to where I don't have to do that? So it's made me like really love systems. And mm-hmm. if something's not systemized, if there's not a step-by-step process, if if it's not set up like a franchise to where someone else can walk in and yes, do the entire model. That. Mm-hmm. I'm not a interested franchise. in it. It has to be. It has to be like I walk in. I'm not even me. I can follow all the directions and get it done. And the, the problem with government and specifically the school district that I'm, you know, the top of right now, along with six other people, there's no actual structures. There's no flowcharts. There's no organizational charts. There's no uh. processes, step by steps for anything. And so now I'm kind of to the point where. I've been I've been trying to like fit in again to this system that doesn't fit for me and mm-hmm. I've been failing at it because I've been getting really frustrated and I start to see these inefficiencies like especially when we're at having a meeting and I know that we only have X amount of minutes left where we can legally discuss this topic and possibly create a policy or vote on something and then I'm seeing that like it's just not going to get done because we're starting to talk in circles again and I'll get really frazzled and frustrated. I'll misspeak. I had a really bad, unfortunate misspeaking recently that got me in the news. Um, And it was, yeah, it was, it was a bad one because I had been, I had been fighting and advocating for some policies that would protect uh, students of color against hate crimes because we're having these like really bad bouts of racism in schools. And I had, I said, when I was getting really frustrated with the conversation going back to like crosswalks and uh, cameras. I started saying, no, 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 this is two options. This is two different conversations. There's safety in general. And then there's, and I said, I said colored students, which I, I didn't even know I said it until someone stopped me. Yeah, but I just like switched the words around, which ADHD people do all the time. you do. I didn't even realize it. And then um, it it really blew up and I apologized over and over. It made the news. I, I just like had to let it go. And I really had to, you know, honestly, when that happened, that was in April, if I hadn't gotten as secure and confident and knowledgeable with my brain and my ADHD, I probably would have had a nervous breakdown. I probably would have resigned from the board, especially having people from across the whole country calling yeah. me and messaging me to resign. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about that. I know, but I, it was like, I know it. Like I understand the historical context. I know like I've read the history. Yeah. I know that there were signs and colored bathrooms and it's like, and I know that that exists in my brain and that it's easy to accidentally pull from, you know? So mm-hmm. I had to really like be um, like nice to myself <laughs> and be like, you're doing the right thing. Um, just you have to get past this and it has passed thankfully. But, you know, that I was on the news again recently because <laughs> we were um, talking for hours and there's been so many times where I just like chime in and I'm like, okay, we've been talking about this for an hour. We haven't got anything done. This is not important. This does not affect student success. And I'll, I'll say it all the time. And people will be like, thank you for saying that. Like later on, someone watching the meeting, 
Mm -hmm. And then I, I just was super frustrated seeing the board kind of some of the trustees bickering about nonsense and knowing that every time I chime in and say, Hey guys, like, let's speed it along. This doesn't matter that it get, nothing happens. I, I chimed in and said, look, this just looks like a, and I said the word, uh, the, the four letter word for male genitalia. I said, it's a male genitalia measuring contest. Okay. And it yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So that's my ADHD though. And there's, there are people who love that I did that and they're like, but was she wrong? <laughs> you know? And then there's people that are like, she's so unprofessional. She can't be on the board. And I don't really care what their opinion is. That's a, that's my ADHD in action in a good way because I'm not afraid to say something and like everyone hates it. If I feel like it needs to be said and to move the conversation along, I have no problem. So sometimes it's like not a mistake. It's like, all right, I'm going to put my... I'm going to make my manager leave for like 30 seconds right now and <laughs> let the Danielle say what's on her mind and then bring in a damage control Danielle like right after that and fix it. But I really feel like this needs to be said. So, well, the thing about it though, Danielle, is there is <laughs> nothing about you that is unprofessional. I mean, nothing that I can see or that I've certainly heard over these last 36 minutes. So well, thank you. What I love about you is your authenticity because the reality of it is people would, they do say things like, you know, dick measuring contest or whatever, <laughs> you know, you, you use the, you know, the euphemism, but they yeah, do yeah. say that all the time in, in even, you know, in normal company. Right. So, it's like a phrase. It's like, well known. It wasn't like, I, yeah, I mean, come it, on. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, but it's more know. important to be proper than to actually get the work done for the kids, which is what you all are supposed to be doing. Correct. And then the media doesn't help. In fact, so, okay. So you'll appreciate this. <laughs> when I, when I made my mistake, um, with the, with the word colored and I said it yeah. wrong, oh, I actually, everybody freaked out in the meeting. They started yelling at me and they left. Okay. <laughs> so then I oh said, my gosh. Oh my I, God. I know, I know. <laughs> It's this whole thing, but I wanted it on the record and I had already been starting to think like I'm coming to that point where I'm about to disclose my ADHD publicly. And like, okay. I already knew I'm going to ask this. you yeah, if you yeah. talk about that. So I, so I decided to put it on the record at that point and I said, listen, I'm really sorry. I just want to let you know I have ADHD and I, I misspeak sometimes and it's my brain that mixes words around and I'm completely sorry. I understand how that will hurt feelings. I like, there's no, it's my responsibility to manage my ADHD properly. And so I very much apologize that I didn't do that. But so that happened, I got on the news and then the news did not report that I, even though they have it in their raw footage that I said, I have ADHD. That's why it happened. Right. Didn't report that. They report on the dumbest things ever that I say. They never report any of the good things that I question when I'm questioning the budget, when I'm asking for a forensic audit, when I'm asking, are we spending $500 for a hammer? When I'm saying that we're wasting money, Mm -hmm. when I'm laying out stats and how we are uh, disproportionately uh, suspending and expelling uh, students of color, that doesn't get reported, right? So, So I had my psychiatrist send a letter to the board and disclose to them that I have ADHD in some ways that they can better support me, like flowcharts, like checklists. Mm-hmm. audio directions, that kind of thing. And from now on, so then I actually sent it to the news stations as well recently. And I said, from now on, when you are reporting about something I do that is a mistake or that looks like it matches any of these symptoms, impulsivity, distractibility, hyperactivity, mm-hmm. please also disclose that I have a mental disorder called ADHD. Otherwise, um, you might as well be reporting that a trustee fell off the stage, but you didn't report that she was also on crutches or missing a leg. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Right. So you, you have a responsibility. And so also, um, you know, CCSD, the school, the district itself did uh, letters, like they kind of said, we're really, we're really um, disappointed in the wording that trustee Ford used. And we just, and today we adopted all of these policies to include uh, implicit bias training, culture sensitivity, and they forgot to mention that I had hyper-focus like a mofo for the <laughs> six weeks before to revise all of our policies with a bunch of experts in the areas of implicit bias and yeah. diversity. So all the policies that they adopted because of my you know, wording mistake right. was me doing that. <laughs> like I put those policies in there. And so then I start, I just think like, you know what? It got done. Uh, mm -hmm. If I hadn't floundered and made that mistake of words, then it would probably would have been fighting the board or whoever to add that language in for weeks and weeks more. But because that happened, they just wanted uh -huh. to cover their butt. They did it. And of course, it, this wasn't planned. It wasn't something I would do again. <laughs> but I'm going to look at it like maybe that's what just had to happen at that time. Like maybe it wasn't even it was way out of my control and the universe was working through me or something, you know. So I kind of try to look at everything like that and try to turn it into opportunities where we can show the community coming together. So those moms who are like offended um, and they had a right to be because they were there talking about their kids who had been, there were some white kids who had posted stuff on social media with their kids' oh. pictures saying they're going to go call them by in part two and stuff like that. So oh there, I totally understand like them being there to fight for their kids, me trying to like fight for them, fight for them. <laughs> yeah. and it's like it just was a bad whole situation but it, good things have come out of it and we've been able to um, create policies that we wouldn't have and create relationships and really a lot of people had like like even reached out to me saying that they learned a lot from that and that they didn't even know a lot of that historical context stuff so kind of it could be a good thing. I think that ADHD people are going to always mess, mess up. Like that's just what we do. We come and we break things, whether it's on purpose or accidentally. <laughs> and if we're going to beat ourselves up about it, we're never going to move forward. So we just have to be always finding like the silver lining of all of like our mistakes or just the way we are in general to keep on succeeding. Absolutely. And as you said, we're all learning. And uh, especially in that area, there is so much that we have to learn because you know, we learned it one way and granted it's, it's terrible. And, and, you know, it needs yeah. to be changed. And this reminds me on a much smaller level about a, um, I have an, an Amazon flash briefing and I was talking, I don't even remember why I was talking about Ava Longoria, but I made the comment cause she's such a brilliant woman and she's also mm -hmm, one of us. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I made the comment that she was so articulate and I got a review, a one-star review, and the person said that they really objected to the fact that I used the word articulate to describe Eva Longaria, a woman of color. And I thought initially she was saying that she, you know, she was upset because this woman's an actress. And I said she was articulate because I'd always used articulate to mean, you know, very well, well spoken okay. and intelligent yeah. and really a good grasp on, you know, the subject matter. Well, mm -hmm. I went and I looked at first I was, you know, ADHD, right? I'm willing to go <laughs> to battle over this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Then I went and I looked up what articulate means, and it means being able to have, wait, being able to, knowing the English language. Like, I was oh, shocked. So I, I really didn't know that. Why, um, 
anyone of color, and, and I'm of color too, but why anyone of color would be upset when someone says that they're articulate. I guess they used to call um, President Obama and Michelle Obama articulate all the time. And, I mean, yeah, they're the most I can see that. Person. Like when you yeah. see that definition, I could see why it would maybe in the historically be reserved for somebody who didn't know English originally or something. Right. But, but I, you know, I, I had no idea. idea right. Wow. Considered a microaggression. But, you know, once I got through it, I was like, you know what? I really learned and I'm never going to mm-hmm. use the word articulate to describe anyone again. You know, there I are agree. different words that are better. You probably so. saved me from saying that at some point on the board to someone <laughs> yeah. who speaks to me like Exactly. Use eloquent. And the eloquent, other thing that okay. surprised me is my daughter. She goes to NYU and she is actually a, um, she's in Tisch and she's a performance studies major, which what they do is they analyze all different art forms and, you know, t- to affect political and social change. I'm like falling all over myself here. <laughs> and I thought for sure, you know, being 20 years old, she would absolutely know about this. And I shared it with her and she said, I had no idea. Wow, and I had yeah. gone to this article on, I think it was Business Insider or one of the, one of the business online sites. And there were like nine things that are considered microaggressions. And I read through them and you know, seven of them, I was like, absolutely, because there were all these sexist things that men would say to you. Like, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind yeah of like, you look so young, you know, things yeah. like that mm-hmm. that I've had, you know, in my career over and over again. And number one on that list was using the word articulate. So wow. I thought was, well, I am offended by all these other things that they've noted. So if articulate is number one, that must be really offensive. And I need to get it together and, you know, and never use that term again. But again, exactly what you just said, we've learned. And so now we know better. And that's amazing because there's so many people that would defend themselves over and over and be like, that's stupid. Everyone uses articulate. I'm not in the wrong. Um, They're too sensitive. But instead, you're just like, oh my gosh, my bad. Like I just learned and now I'm better for it. So that's a huge sign of wisdom right there. And that needs to be like the norm, whether you're ADHD or not, just to, yeah, keep learning and keep sharing information and not feeling like we always have to be on the defense. Like I'm like, you all go to battle for the dumbest things uh, just to prove (laughs) I'm right or just to know. Yeah. But then if I realize I'm wrong, it's like done. I was wrong. Like it's over. (laughs) There you go. We had a we had a big conversation about it in in the Facebook group because there there were women who who didn't agree but I would say most of them a small percentage of them knew and it really had nothing to do with age it it had more to do with what area they worked in I think mm-hmm. you know what their yeah, experience like language was. if they're a writer that kind of thing exactly mm-hmm. exactly uh, wow. a lot of writers authors that that knew. I just, I didn't Mm -hmm. know. And I thought I knew all of that, but obviously I didn't. So I have two questions before I'm going to let you go because it's been so wonderful talking to you. I know. It's been great. Thank you. My, um, my first question is what advice would you give to a young woman with ADHD who's struggling in school right now? What do you wish someone would have told you that would have been really helpful? I would have I would have benefited from someone saying to me like, "Hey, look, um, yes, you're clearly different. That's a no brainer. Um, all those things that you've thought about yourself that um, maybe you d- don't fit in, you're right. <laughs> it's okay. You are uh, uh, neurobio- neuro neurobiologically divergent, and uh-huh. it can be it will be an amazing thing. But the first thing that you have to do is 
really start to look at the way your your mind works and your behaviors and start to document them and see when you are the most productive and when you're doing great things and those moments where you t- you come out and you think like wow I am different I'm awesome I just did this amazing thing I want you to really fine tune all the steps that led you there and then when you have like 20 of those times that that happened to I want you to look back at those steps and see what the common denominators were among them And we're going to try to set up your environment and your life to do more of that stuff. And at the same time, anytime where you feel like you've failed or you messed something up, do the same thing. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just write down like what you had done that right before that, that day. And again, when you do 20 mess ups and you will, then we're going to look at those common denominators and we're going to figure out ways to not be doing those things. Like maybe uh, speaking to a teacher and saying, I really struggle with, these things, if I don't get these three things done, I'm going to have a mistake. You know, I know, I know I will. So can I not do it? Or can I get some support to make sure that I get them done? Or is there a way that I can, you can help me uh, successfully be able to complete these tasks? And really spending your childhood and uh, young life just getting to know how you operate in your brain. Because then at the same time where everyone is expected to go uh, to college or go to the workforce, you're going to have those tools to be able to, to succeed and not feel like you um, lost it all, had a nervous breakdown, make more mistakes, ruin your credit, <laughs> because you've been able to manage your brain and yourself. I love that. I think that is fabulous advice, Danielle. Thank you. Um, okay. So the last question I have for you. What is your number one ADHD workaround? And you, it can't be medication. I know you're one of the mm-hmm. lucky ones that it was like a light switch for you. Can't be medication. Sure. It is taking everything out of my mind and putting it on paper. Or when I say paper, my iPad Pro um, and my, all the notebooks in there. Also, anywhere I can put things visible. Um, I write on mirrors. I put post-it notes everywhere. I put post-it notes on post-it notes for reminders, just anything that is important. And and always, I'm trying to think, like, there's not one, you know, all brains are different. So for me, for instance, to um, be able to manage my finances and stuff and, like, not forget bills, Mm -hmm. I've realized through um, just knowing me and through forgetting stuff that I have to associate things really small, like a five-year-old. And sometimes it's been... Like I feel dumb if I don't organize a certain way or I break it down really simple. Like, okay, anyone should be able to put like uh, insurance stuff in a folder and then know that that would be X, Y, and Z. But I will forget. I'll be like, I don't even know where that even is, right? But if I'm looking (laughs) for my car insurance, I just go look to the folder that says car and has a picture of a car on it. Okay. Ah. And it's, I just know that I'm going to relate it to car. So anytime I'm like storing something or trying to figure out the best method of organizing, I just think like, what does this relate to in my brain? Not what is the proper way to do this? Should I do it alphabetically? Should I do it by month? Should I do it by thing? No. It's like, how am I going to associate this? So if it's like health, I'm not, I really don't put it in like health folder. I'll put it in my, my daughter's one if it's hers, you know? And so then if it's Mm -hmm. something for angel, I'll go into her angel folder and look through and there's that one thing. And it's, and honestly, just like feeling okay with it. And when people come over and they're like, this doesn't make sense. And oh my gosh, this is, 
like a five-year-old did it and there's so many more ways you can do it. <laughs> Just like knowing, like having enough uh, faith in yourself and knowing your brain that it is the best way. And that because you're able to get that done, you save so much mental energy that you can focus on the really important things. Cause honestly, sorting your paperwork is not important. And the people that feel like if, if they love it, fine, whatever. But the people that feel like you're not doing it right because you're not spending X amount of hours and mental energy on something like that, that's cool. To me, I don't care about that. <laughs> so I, if I spend zero mental energy on it and I can go put all my energy into, you know, reforming the school district, then that's a win. And uh, I guess it is at the end of the day, just not comparing yourself to others and figuring out what works for you and then just uh, ruthlessly doing that and until you are able to succeed without having to put any extra mental effort or stress into it. That is totally fabulous. What I always say is it's figuring out your own ADHD puzzle. Yeah. And even among us ADHDers, it's, it's different. So it really takes trial and error. I think that's great, great advice. Thank you. Anyway, Thank you. Danielle, you are such an inspiration to all women but especially us ADHD women. And I can't thank you enough for spending time with us here today. So where can people find you if they want to know more about you and what you do? Um, thank you so much for having me. They can find me on social media. My handle is Danielle Ford LV, like Las Vegas. So I mostly hang out on Facebook and Instagram. I have a, my website is DanielleFord.com, but that's mostly marketing and business stuff. But I'm, I'm pretty active on social media. So just connecting over there. Obviously, in your group, I'm in and I'll be there. So happy to uh, have any conversations. If anyone has questions or wants to uh, chat about something further, they could just tag me in that group and I would see it or they could just shoot me a friend request. Can you tell us real quickly what it is that you do? So if there's someone out there who, I mean, obviously this must be your forte because you're good at it. So tell us what you do just in case someone needs what you, what you do. Yeah. I help uh, passion driven entrepreneurs who are world, world changers uh, automate their processes, systems, and sales so that they can uh, make big money, change the world and focus on what they love. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that is what I have for you all this week. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. If you like this episode with Danielle, would you please leave us a review? They really do matter. If you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, you can go to my website at tracyotsuka.com. Click on podcast in the navigation bar. You're going to see a microphone to your right where you can leave me an audio message. You can also reach out to me at tracy at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.